What's going on, Cowboys fans? Uh, not a lot of excitement here from your favorite three diehard fans from Breaking Down the Boys. We're back with another episode. Uh, it was another terrible loss. Lost to the Washington football team 25-3 to Horrible. on Sunday. Um, it was actually the first weekend. Me, Nick, and Sage were excited. We actually got to watch the game together. Nick came up from South Carolina, and we were excited. We were like, maybe we'll get back on track. Who knows? But, but maybe the energy would help. We were yeah. wrong. Total bad energy coming from us, apparently. Actually, no, it wasn't us. It was them. It was just the Cowboys playing terrible <laughs> all throughout Sunday. Um, the whole season, honestly. <laughs> top to bottom, that game was just bad. It started out, uh, we kicked the ball off. They went down the field. We got a stop on the goal line. First drive. It was great. They haven't scored a opening us opening point all year, the Washington football team. And we stop them on the one-yard line. We're going the other way. And then... Man, things just went downhill real fast. In a hurry. We gave up another safety. Yeah. <laughs> we gave that's up. Kind of, that's kind of our thing. It's we kind gave of up like a, becoming a weekly occurrence that we give up a safety. Yeah. <laughs> a safety yeah. on the opening drive. It, it seemed like our offense just wasn't clicking. Shocker there. I feel like we touch on that every single week. Um, also, we lost Dalton. You know, Dalton goes down with a concussion. One of the dirtier hits we've seen. It was kind of Vontez perfect. Disgusting. Disgusting. And it just seemed like nothing went right. Everything was going wrong. And that's kind of been a theme of all season so far. Like, Nick, what do you think watching the game? Um, Honestly, it was just – it was disheartening. You know, like, your dad ever tell you that he wasn't mad? He was just disappointed? That's how (laughs) I feel about the Cowboys. Like (laughs) – I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. You know, like we had all these hopes, you know, Spence, we talked about in the, uh, in the preseason, you know, well, the lack thereof a preseason about how good we thought that this defensive line could be for the first time, you know, <clears throat> since Marcus Spears and DeMarcus Ware, like we thought maybe just maybe we could have even a solid defensive line. I mean, the thought was thrown around there between you and I, most likely me saying you know, we could have the best defensive line in football. That's well, not the case. Well, I think it was Sage. How many How many uh, pro bowlers did you say we started this weekend? It was, uh, I believe, six or seven on the defense. Yeah. yeah. If you got seven pro bowlers on your defense, I mean, we should be playing better. You know, that's just all there is to it. Um, and then the biggest takeaway for me was just the hit on Dalton itself. I mean – the fact that they're not even dis- like they're not suspending him, you know, that was just maybe the dirtiest hit I've seen in a really long time. Even worse than the Vontez perfect hit because it was a give up slide. I mean, it was a give up slide, and you're literally head hunting for the dude. I mean, R.I.P. to Dalton. I'm pretty sure his funeral is on Thursday. Um, so if you guys <laughs> can make it, um, you know, we'd love to have you. Send flowers if you can. Do do your yeah. best. He likes lilies. Like. <laughs> It was it was for sure a dirty hit and Nick, like you said, it was a giveaway play and um, one of the big storylines from this weekend was none of the boys were around him pushing shoving and it just kind of showed like a lack of togetherness between the team and like I watched the replay probably eight or nine times and Amari's like looking at him like oh my god like what happened but it was might might have been like a shock thing like kind of right. worried about it he was also looking at the ball trying to pick it up thinking maybe it was a fumble but. And normally in those situations, you see an offensive lineman get in some dude's face. You know, you don't let your quarterback get hit like that. And, you know, if number four was on the field, even if it was our offensive line currently, that shit wouldn't have wouldn't have flied. No. Um, and Connor Williams being the only guy left from the starting five um, from the beginning of the year, he's got to be the guy to step up and do that. Um, he's the only Or How about um, Cam? Um, you know, Cam Irving. He, yeah, he's he's got some veteran presence there. You know, he's been in the league a while. He's got to know what to do there. You know, um, it just there's no cohesion. The team, um, you know, they they're not playing for each other. They're like they just they've got no heart right now. I think they just I think they're defeated. I think that they're I think they're about ready to pack it in if they haven't already. And Sage, I know uh, you and I were sitting next to each other watching the game before Nick had gotten uh, over to my sister's house. That's where we're watching it. And uh, we just kept looking at each other after each drive. And we were like, 
dude, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what is going on? It's like being a Jets it, fan. It's it's worse than being a Jets fan right now, to be honest. But um, no, I mean, what kind of Nick said? They, it's just it's apparent. You know, they've given up physically. They've given up mentally. Um, and you can see it. You know, I mean, it's. It's a, it's not a good time to be a Cowboys fan, Spence. It's, 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 a, oh, it's, it's a struggle. Rough, I keep telling you, I said, man, we picked a heck of a year to start a podcast for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, just you know, out uh, or looking back at that game, you know, I just, I did not expect to get absolutely handled the way we did by Washington. You know, I, I, I figured. Um, it was going to be a close game just because we're not as good as I think we hope we, we would be right now. Um, so I figured it'd be close, but man, I, I didn't think we'd only put up three points and get absolutely blown out. I really didn't. Yeah. Putting up three points to the Washington football team is inexcusable in its own right. Just, it yeah. can't happen. Um, and dude, like throughout the game, it was just like, it seemed like we were giving up, like play by play by play, you know, you at least saw it, especially when Ben DiNucci came in, you know, props to Ben. Like it was hard coming in. He's a rookie um, taking over for Dalton's spot. He would have, he never thought in his right mind he was going to see the field this year at all. Is no. that his name? Yes. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, his first pass through a dime to Amari, but on his first drive, he fumbled the ball twice. I mean, granted one fumble was uh, he hit Zeke in the shoulder pad. Fumbled the ball twice, got sacked three times, and went two for two passing. Yeah. That's, I mean, you really can't ask much from a kid that just got drafted from uh, JMU, you know, come in, th- uh, I think it was a seventh-round pick or sixth-round pick, and, you know, he held Tried his a own. a patchwork offensive line. Yeah. it. He was out to launch back there, basically. Yeah. I think our only positive play um, that whole game was Pollard taking it out of the end zone and going like 60 yards downfield on a kickoff. And I'm sitting there, Spence, next to you. I'm like, why is he taking it out? Why is he taking it out? This never works. He's going to get tackled by the 20. And all of a sudden, he just like kept going. I'm like, oh, here we go. I guess that's why I took it out. Um, But I've been critical on him taking it out all season. Then he breaks one free for once. And then, of course, it's like probably three and out from there. I don't even remember the rest of the drive. But it was just, you know. That was our only scoring drive. Oh, yeah. So we can't really even capitalize off it. I mean, we got the field goal, but whatever, you know, I mean, um, it's just struggling, man, all over the place. And when that's like your biggest play and it's just a kick return, you know, that's that's tough. And, you know, we we keep talking about like defense and like, yes, the offensive struggling, the offensive lines, like for lack of a better word, it sucks right now. It really does. It's in shambles. It's probably the worst offensive line in football. Um, But again, Defense is just not giving us field position. You know, we're giving scoring drives way too easily, and it, it kills the offense. It has no rhythm to the game. You know, we can't set up these long, methodical drives. Like, I don't know if you watched the Rams game last night, but, you know, they're doing these five, six-yard plays a clip. They take a shot every now and then, but they keep sustaining drives, and that's just, like, not what the Dallas Cowboys are doing right now. And they haven't been doing it all year, especially when Dak was in the game. You know, at least we could take shots down the field and our offensive line was a little more healthy. But still, you know, we're kind of going into each drive being like, all right, you know, let's try and get 15 yards and not give up the ball in three plays. Maybe, maybe we can try for a first down, uh, first down this time, guys. Let's 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 do it. Come on, guys. We can do it. (laughs) It's pathetic, man. Um, You know, but. One thing that the Rams do have going for them is a healthy offensive line. Um, you know, I just want to backtrack just one second and just talk about how, like, not only was it a dirty hit and terrible for the Cowboys, but what shit luck for Andy Dalton. You know, coming to the Cowboys, he was just hoping for maybe a shot to see the play, the field of play, um, maybe earn himself another contract next he, year he somewhere we can play. Leads us to the win against the Giants. Right. And then here comes this asshole named John Bostic and just takes him out. You know, it was leading up to it was honestly like as terrible as it is for Cowboys fans and as terrible as it is for or was for Dak Prescott. Uh, it was honestly the perfect situation for Andy Dalton. Because you come into a super talented offense with a banged up offensive line, granted, 
But with weapons like that, a guy like Andy Dalton should be able to showcase his abilities and play himself into a paycheck next year. Um, you know, and with uh, and a shot to the head like that, going into the concussion protocol, who knows how long it's going to be before they let him play again. Yeah, especially now. I mean, like uh, the Cowboys signed Garrett Gilbert. Um, he's coming off the practice squad this week. He's going to be probably backing up Ben DiNucci. I think they said they're practicing like Ben is going to be starting the game this week, which, you know, we're going to see probably a whole new offense this week. Um, they might let Ben. I haven't seen any highlights from him in college. You know, I didn't really watch JMU play football last year at all. So uh, I don't know. He's got know. a couple of decent highlights at Pitt. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was at Pitt. Okay, so he has played against big teams, but still, I don't know what kind of arm strength he has. I'm not sure. I mean, they liked him enough to take him in the uh, seventh round, and he obviously made the team over Cooper Rush, so maybe we'll see. Yeah, RIP Cooper Rush. <laughs> but still, it's going to be a completely new offense. Um, You know, I don't know if they're going to lean on Zeke as much. I think Pollard's going to see the field a lot more, and you saw that towards the end of the game against Washington Pollard was in for two straight drives in the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. Um, and Sage and I, you, uh, you and I looked at each other and we were like, Zeke isn't on the field for like the second straight drive. This is weird. And then we thought, Oh wait, he has five fumbles this year. Yeah. I mean, and, and to be honest, when Pollard's come in, in my opinion, I felt like he's done a better job. Like overall, he's looked great. Um, like, and, and I, I don't know if it's just because when Zeke's in defenses, you know, take a bigger notice and, and watch him more or whatever and, and are prepared for Zeke to run the ball. And when, you know, Pollard's in, they almost, I don't want to say they don't care, but they just kind of turn a blind eye to it. Um, and then the holes can open up a bit easier for him and stuff. But, I mean, I thought he's been doing a great job. I mean, a few of the drives that we've actually had momentum is ones that he's in and, and involved heavily um, in the run game and also the screen game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously I, I, I don't think the weapons we have are the issue. You know, I mean, we have great running backs, we have great receivers. We just got to figure out ways to get them the ball in space. And, um, you know, and then when they are in space, we, <laughs> we need a quarterback that can deliver the ball there, you know? Um, yeah. you know, I was excited for Andy, um, after watching the last drive he put together against the New York Giants. And coming with that win, I mean, it was a great drive, and he put some balls in tight spaces. And so I was, like, looking at it like, all right, you know, I'm not that upset that he's our quarterback going into the Washington game. And then it was just like after a couple drives, it was like, man, this looks like a backup quarterback right now. Like it did not look like Andy Dalton last drive of New York Giants. And, like, kind of what I was saying with, like, our game plan this week, do not be surprised if a lot of quick hitters from uh, Ben, you know, a lot of slants, a lot of outs, and they're probably going to scramble him out of the pocket quite a bit. They're going to get him moving. Like, a lot of play action, they want to get him uh, moving. They don't want him sitting back there getting happy feet in the pocket. That's what I – specifically, I think that's what's going to happen this week. Don't be expecting any big plays. Don't be expecting – any like bombs to Amari or Gallup or uh, CD. We just need to get him on a little bit of a groove. Um, but again, we'll see who knows. Yeah, I think, um, I think that you're very much right, but um, I think that as much as those quick hitters are going to be by design, he's not going to have much of a choice. Um, right. When you have guys like Fletcher Cox going up against the patchwork that we've got going on up front, um, it's going to be a long day for any quarterback. You know, Dak just so happens to be more equipped to handle it. Um, but it's just without an off without an offensive line, it doesn't matter who we've got in the backfield. We're just not going to be able to produce um, um, at any kind of consistent level. Um, so I think that that is our mi- I think that our front seven on both sides needs to be our main focus moving into 2021. Um I hate to start talking about next season going into week eight, but <laughs> it's irrelevant, I guess. It, it's time now. I mean, it is what it is. Well, Nick, you kind of started off on the next topic here. I wanted to hit on uh, next week or this week, um, Sunday Night Football, a big primetime game. Cowboys and the Eagles, two and five versus two, four and one. Um, hey, this is know, for the division. It 
and guys, like we keep talking <laughs> so much shit about the Cowboys recently. Obviously, our season's been, you know, not what we expected, but we're one game or half a game out of first place. Um, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the AFC West has, I think, all or the NFC West. I'm sorry, has all five teams with five win, or all four teams with five wins. I'm pretty sure, or three teams with five wins. Uh, but still, this is half a game out of first place, and we're talking right now where we have the projected fifth overall pick in the draft, and we're half a game out of first. Right. Literally winning this weekend. If the season ended on on Monday night. This weekend would be the difference between us picking fifth and nineteenth. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry though, man. I I don't. I I trust me. I like to try and keep things positive and and look at the the good stuff. But man, I I don't see us winning another game this year. Legitimate. I I think that we've got a chance to finish with five wins. That and might be the division title. <laughs> that's that's a good point <laughs> you know but we play washington again even though they just you know stomped us um we do play them again and they're not not exactly great um and the next time we play them presumably we will have at least zach martin um so somebody to provide a little bit of help up front in the at least in the interior um and we got to play the giants again we got to play the eagles twice um even though i do fully anticipate just you know getting our dicks kicked in yeah and playing uh the eagles on sunday night you know we've let up so many rushing yards defensively i think we're 31st in the league in rushing defense which is crazy that no one's or that someone is worse than us uh but miles sanders is out uh, yeah i don't know who yeah, it is f- five nine boston scott's gonna run all over us yeah he's like darren sproles 2.0 apparently yeah i don't yeah, even know he's- if he's five nine He's he's five six one ninety five. Me and him are the yeah. same size. Oh, he might be listed no. at five nine, but he's really five six. Yeah. No, I just threw that out there because I <laughs> feel like five nine short, but I guess yeah, he's way shorter. Yeah. And you know, it's hard to you know rag on the Eagles. Um, I hate them. They're my least favorite team in the NFL for good reason. You know, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Um, but they're kind of in the same situation we are. They their team is so beat up. Zach Ertz is out. Uh. Brandon Brooks is out, or Brandon Graham, I'm sorry, Miles Sanders is out. Uh, they have a lot of holes in the offense and the defensive side of the ball, and still they're, I don't want to say they're putting together wins because they only have two, but still, it just seems like they're in a better spot than we are. You know they what the difference are. is? They have a quarterback. Yeah, and a very talented one. Yeah. Um, the difference to me is they've got guys stepping up when guys are going down. Fulgram has stepped up in a big way, and he's become a reliable target for Wentz. Um, now we've got we've got three, you know, including said we've got four stud wide receivers to catch the ball. Um, the Eagles don't have that, so when Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey get hurt, they need somebody to step up. Fulgram's done that, um, and who's the other guy, Spence? Um, uh, Ward. Oh, yeah, Greg Ward. And they got right. – um, I can't Dude, remember his name. He has one it's of those crazy. Names. It's like their receiving core is like practice squad, you know, and it's like the the difference is, is like why they're doing well is they have a quarterback that's – doesn't matter who the receiver is, can they're get the exactly, ball there. You know what I mean? not exactly doing well. You know, we got to remind ourselves they're 2-4-1. I one. mean, well, I know, but, but they still, lost to the Ravens by two. I mean, they lost to the Ravens by two. You can't overlook that. Right. The Giants blew that game last week. So the Giants, the Giants should have beat, them. Should have beat the Eagles. 100%. I was yeah. I was pretty upset that they lost I, that I was game. very they, upset. I bet they, on the they Giants. Pulled a, they pulled a Matty Ice. <laughs> they really did. They took a page out of the Falcons' playbook. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, going into this week, like – we're going to see a lot of stuff I feel like we haven't seen before. Um, I don't know. Actually, I know the team doesn't trust McCarthy. I know the team doesn't trust Nolan. Um, I don't just think gonna, anybody on the tr- team trusts anybody else right now. Yeah, there's like you said, I think the word, you used, the word you used earlier, Nick, was cohesion. There's none of that. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no glue. No. And, you know, I hate to keep saying it, but, you know, number four was the glue guy on this team. And, you know, he goes down three weeks ago. 
it sucks, but we have to move on. Sage, you said it. Guys have to step up. And Dalton came in. We thought he was going to do well. You know, now we're down to Ben DiNucci. Is that his, his name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ben DiNucci starting with Gilbert Godfrey backing him up. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention Ben DiNucci's first start is against the Eagles. I'm That's about to buy a Ben DiNucci jersey. Number seven. DiNucci. You know, prices are only, <laughs> prices are only going to rise. It's probably on sale now, but buy them while they're hot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I heard Jerry called Brett Favre to see if he just wanted to try and make one more run in a title. <laughs> is this Ben DiNucci guy, uh, is he out of college? Is, this, yeah. is he a rookie? He's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, we drafted him in seventh round out of uh, change rounds. Yeah. Impressive. Hey, Not really ever driven past uh, JMU Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a lot like Peabark's. That's what their high school stadium is nicer. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew S. Lee Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, going back to the Eagles game, um, a whole lot to be said about, you know, two bad teams playing each other. Um, but this rivalry is always good no matter what. And, like, I love seeing us play the Eagles, whether it's on Sunday night football at 8 o'clock or if it's on 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I just want to kick the shit out of them every single time we play them. Like, that, right. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, Sage, I think you said it before. You were like, I don't know if we're going to win another game this year. If we do, this would be the one to win. <laughs> this this yeah, would be the well, only I, one I, I want to I win. just want to see Zeke running people over again. And, like, this is the game he usually does that. So I look forward to that, you know, every year, seeing Zeke run over a few Eagles, like, viciously. Um, this would be the game to win, obviously. You know, divisional games, we, we say it. I, I feel like we've always been saying this the last few weeks. Like, you got to win these divisional games. So um, this would be a great start. We're, we play them twice. Um and they're usually close games. Uh, again, we said that about Washington. And <laughs> I, hate to keep bringing, I, yeah. I hate to keep bringing it up, but, I mean, it's true. I mean, I just – I feel like the only way we keep it close or beat the Eagles is if we score first and score a touchdown. I feel like that's the only way because I feel like the minute we go down, like we give up a safety or we give up a touchdown, the team quits. And I hate that you just said every time we give up a safety because we have multiple times. And oh, that's my God. It's, it's, it's becoming a weekly occurrence, and it's demoralizing. As a fan, I can't even imagine how demoralizing it is for, like, an offensive lineman or something or a D, or D lineman. Like, you imagine the D line. They're already – like feeling like crap every week from, you know, hearing everybody talk how bad they are. And now all of a sudden the offense is giving up safeties and they're just like, well, we can't do anything when the offense is literally dropping the ball in our own end zone. Exactly. Yeah. You know what the worst part about this entire week has been for me? Um, is one of my favorite players in the league was reinstated this week. We have been just so, so displaced. So distraught by this just disaster of a season. We haven't even talked about my boy, Randy Gregory. Hey, Randy, we're happy you're back, man. I loved you. Uh, you know, right when we drafted you, huge steal in the second round from Nebraska. Great pickup. Obviously, you've had some problems off the field. I'm happy to see you're back on the field, back with the boys. The guy but likes I'm to not- smoke a little pot. That's not a problem. <laughs> I'm not happy <laughs> that he played only six downs. Yeah. I'm not happy. Five yeah. of them were rundowns, one pass down. You don't give the guy an opportunity to get back on the field after he's practiced the last, what, Nick, two weeks, three weeks? I yeah, think two. two weeks. Yep. You know, that's not, not only not only those two weeks, but he's been working for two years to get back into the league. And not only does he come back to the shit show that is the 2020 Dallas Cowboys, but he comes into the shit storm that is them getting stomped out by the Washington no-names. And nothing would make me happier than, Randy, you getting your first sack, taking down Carson Wentz, first drive of the game, you know, getting the getting the team fired up. Maybe, you know, first time back, really getting that cohesion back. Who knows? But, clean, be, but cleanly. Yes. We don't want any Bostics around here. Correct. Exactly. You know, keep it clean, but, but, you know, put a little oomph on it. 
yeah. You know what would make me really happy, Spence, is if somebody actually taught Vander Esch how to tackle properly and not lead with his head and shoulder every single time and get hurt on every single hit that he gives. I mean, every year we're waiting for this guy to come back. He comes back and he's laying on the ground again that game. You know, I mean, it's sad. The guy's a baller. Dude can play. But, yeah. man, he just leads with his head, and it's just like that's the first freaking thing they teach you in, in peewee football. Don't lead with your head, and this guy just keeps freaking doing it. Yeah, especially coming back from all the injuries he has. He needs to keep himself healthy, and, you know, that's not going to do it. We need him and Jalen on the field. I don't and, see him making it the rest of the year. I don't. Well, that, that neck collarbone area he has is just made out of glass, man. Yeah, he used to call uh, Carson Wentz glass bones and might have to switch it from the wolf hunter to glass bones, I guess. They, mu- they might be related. Long lost cousins, one from uh, North Dakota and one from Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to move into our uh, next topic, uh, NFL news. You know, tune into the Cowboys game, uh, 825 or 820 Sunday night football, NBC. You know, hopefully Cowboys can – Find some way to get back on track. Bring but, uh, some Kleenexes because you're going to cry a lot. Yeah, I stocked up, you know, pandemic special. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Paper um, products are at a premium right now. They are. They are. <laughs> We're going to move on to a little bit of recap from the league uh, this past week. Um, one of the big things that we haven't seen in a very long time, uh, the Patriots are on their first three-game losing streak. First time since 2002. 2002. That's 18 years ago. Sage, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Go, go for it. Yeah. So, oh man. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this subject. You know, I mean, it's New England Patriots. You look at them as a powerhouse of the league, um, and to see them struggling for however many years in a row they've been dominating, it's weird. It's like watching Alabama, you know, suck. It's it, it's it's like that. It's not um, supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. Um, and you know I, I I've I've been a Cam fan just not the way he dresses or anything like that, um, but but like you know Cam in Carolina like you know he was a baller dude was a baller great player, um, and you know he came to New England, and you know take filling some pretty big shoes obviously but I felt like you know he was the man for the job, and I was excited to see him in a Patriots uniform and they started out pretty hot so I was like hmm you know maybe, you know maybe. This is going to be good. Maybe the Patriots are still going to be the Patriots. Well, like you said, they're on a three-game losing streak. Um, I don't know if it's uh, because Cam had COVID and he's still short of breath after every play or what, um, but they're obviously struggling. Um, and, you know, it brings up the conversation of is Tom Brady that good, that he made the Patriots that good? Um, because a lot of people have Belichick's back where it's like, Belichick made Brady look good. Brady made Belichick look good. Well, now Brady went to Tampa Bay. He's making Tampa Bay look like superstars. And Belichick's sitting over there with three losses in a row. So I don't know. But it is an interesting, you know, little conversation, I think. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season unfolds. But, I mean, Tampa Bay with Brady looks great. And Cam with the Patriots right now is struggling. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh that's a that's been a major topic of discussion for what the last twenty years ever since they started winning Super Bowls, um, you know. And how pumped is Tampa Bay to have Tom Brady after having old thirty for thirty Jameis Winston, you know, just throwing ints every other play. Crabbers. They gotta be pumped to have it go. Yeah. But I but I mean like you look at I think um, I saw something today with like uh, Brady's stats after like week four or something and he's like first in three categories tied for fourth and another i mean like the dude has caught oh, fire yeah i mean he's caught fire and how old is he now he's in his 40s 42. right 42 yeah i mean so to be out there and still absolutely delivering at that level at that age i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible yeah so yeah. you you hit on a good point uh nick you also brought it up another Big story in the NFL was Tom Brady. You know, five touchdown passes. Um, Nick, Stunt. I know, I know you can talk a little bit about this. You know, there's a lot of news out in Tampa Bay now. That they do have a new, new weapon down there, especially with Chris Godwin out. Yeah. Well, that uh, what a great year for Tampa Bay sports, huh? You know, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning taking home the cup. 
You've got the Rays in the World Series, and you got freaking Tom Brady throwing dimes. You know, what a year. Um, but, yeah, A.B., uh, for, what, three or four years there, was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, him and Big Ben had the biggest um, or were the best, you know, deep balls uh, threat in the game. And, uh, you know, not that Tom is necessarily known for his uh, his deep ball, but, you know, you add a threat like that on the outside to pair with Mike Evans, who's, you know, a top five wide receiver in the league currently. Um, Godwin, when he comes back, you know, they I mean, we've been saying from the beginning of the year that the Cowboys have the best wide receiving core in the league. But those three together, I mean, those are three legitimate number one wide receivers. Now, we talk about Gallup and CD being number one receivers. They are, but they're low tier ones. They, if, they have some work to do. For sure. But if AB comes back and he is even a modicum what he was in Seattle or um, in, in Pittsburgh. Good word. What, what can I say, dude? I'm mad smart. um but if if he is even half as good as he was in pittsburgh i mean i don't know if anybody's going to be able to take down tampa when it comes to the end of the year you know february february is going to be an even better month for tampa the way it looks right now and i know craze this is beyond me i saw this uh before the bears um rams game last night they put up the stats from uh the bucks game you know they won 45 to 20 i think it was over the raiders Tom Brady's longest pass in three years, air, air travel, 55 yards. The man can still sling it at 42 wow. years old. He's the GOAT. He really is. There's no doubt about it. That is that Florida air, man. He's making him feel young again. The, the You know, it's the humidity on the ball. He's, it, I don't know. He's been working with weighted Properly balls or inflated. something. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also, I also get the sense though, like AB's been out. And I just feel like all he's been waiting for is to play with Brady. Like, he went to New England when he had the opportunity for, there for a little bit. Again, was out, comes back to Brady. Like, I just have this feeling like he just was like, the only quarterback I'm going to play under is Tom Brady. And I feel like, you know, he can be a little psychotic at times and do some things that are questionable. But I feel like at he Vaughn, won't. Perfect. And Tom Brady. Dude, it was... Another thing that uh, came out this week that said that, you know, Brady was the one that brought AB there, but quickly Bruce Arians put that to bed. He was like, no, he had nothing to do with it. This was a coaching and GM decision. Okay, that's BS. There is 100% chance that Tom Brady was texting AB, hey, man, once you get off that suspension, you're coming down to Florida and you're hanging with me and I'm going to throw you some more touchdown passes. Yeah, how would you like to meet Gronk? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) let's think about it, you know. 100% 100% of the games that Tom and AB have played together, they've connected on a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, That's it's only one It's only I, one game. I, I but. mean, I, I know. I'm just saying it's <laughs> the odds are good. <laughs> well, like, if you're a betting man, 100% is pretty good. Mm, might have to throw that in a parlay this weekend. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, our last bit of news, probably the best game of the week, uh, if you were watching it. It was a late game on Sunday night. Kyler Murray... The Cardinals, I, I talked about the NFC West a little bit earlier. You know, they really showed a lot of stuff. He outdueled Russ. You know, that game went to overtime. It was a hell of a game. I think both of them almost had 50 attempts passing. Uh, Russ had 50. Kyler Murray had 48. Uh, Russ had nearly 400 yards. Kyler had just north of 350. Russ had three untimely picks. Yes, he doesn't turn the ball over, but they still almost won the game in overtime. And that game was just so high scoring. It was like fun to watch. And dude, I know you guys probably saw the highlights of Kyler Murray hitting DeAndre Hopkins smiling as he's the he sees him open. And it wasn't even like he was wide open. He just knew that, you know, Nuke's going to be there to catch the ball right for a touchdown. Oh yeah. That was fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Is a good old Kyler Murray starting to sneak his way in the MVP race? I don't know. I just think he didn't start out on as hot of a season as Russ did. Um, I mean, dude. But I feel like Russ is like the front runner, and to do, like, yeah. And I don't know what he's, he's what been... he's doing against NFC West teams. Um, I know they play the Niners coming up here. They play 
the Rams again. They play the Seahawks again. But still, um, I mean, I guess MVP voting, you kind of got to throw Aaron Rodgers in there, too. He's been how do you not? He's been quietly hanging around there. Um, but I think it only just depends if he has a great stash at the moment. Like <laughs> well, <laughs> November's coming up. Who knows? He might. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 is, I think, taken heavily into account with the MVP voting. Yeah. I think I think that you bring up an interesting point, uh, Sage. You know, if Kyler Murray finishes strong, I think that you know if he if he's able to come away and win that division. That's got to skyrocket him up that up that MVP board, you know. Um, you got to really can you really got to take that in consideration. And especially because uh, the Cardinals, I think, were projected six wins this year, in the beginning of the season, which, dude, wow, like those, really? Those, yeah, six wins, which is crazy because I was like, I feel like the Niners are going to take a step back, and they kind of have this year. You know, the Rams aren't the team that they were when they went to the NFC or the Super Bowl, you know, but. That Arizona team just has something cooking right now, and especially their defense, dude. Buda Baker's playing on another level, um, you know. Defensive player of the year. Unfortunately, played a hell of a game against the Cowboys last week yeah. or two weeks ago, but dude, they're clicking on all cylinders right now, and it's gonna be—they're gonna be a fun team to watch, and I, I like watching them. Buda Baker's the best blitzing safety in the NFL right now. Dude, Next, I'm telling you, I think he's yeah. defensive player of the year right now. A, I mean, he's making a really strong case. Yes, he is. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw a, a T.J. Watt a little bit of a bone, but you know, Buddha's right up there. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So those are uh, some big headlines. Oh, actually, you know what? One more thing. Go you know it. what? You know what the Cardinals have going for them? Young, super talented quarterback. Young, super talented wide receiver. Young, innovative head coach. You know who has two of those things? Really, only needs the third. I, huh. I don't know. I can't really think about it. I'll just I'll tell you who it, the Dallas Cowboys. It's almost like Lincoln Riley would be a better fit for this team than Fat Boy Mike. Jeez, hey, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I don't know, man. He might he <laughs> might stay in stay in uh, college one more, win one more title with Clemson. If you're That's playing. What, I mean, if you're picked to go to the Jets, uh, come on, that's, man. That's what Keyshawn said. He said, hey, bro, go back to school. I, I would not go to the Jets. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, so that was, those are the big headlines we wanted to touch on. We're going to go into our Scorching Five. And, dude, there's some uh, competition going on between us three. Well, I should say two of us at least at this point. Um, so uh, last week, Nick – Four and one on the week. Congrats, brother. Whoa. Yeah. Sage, Whoa. three and two. Respectable. You know, oh, very well done. Better record than the boys. And yeah. uh, it's hard to compete with having a worse record than the boys, but I did last week. One and four. Oh. <laughs> yeah, real bad. That, real faith bad. In the, that faith in Vegas, bro, it came to bite you. That's why there's a lot of money. <laughs> so we, we got the season standings at Nick at 10 and 4, Sage at 8 and 6, and Spencer at 4 and 10. Wow. I need a good week this week. Yeah, you need a divisional win. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> get, me, get me back on track. All right, so our uh, five best games I thought this week. Well, I shouldn't say best. Some of the most interesting games I thought of um, were the Steelers-Ravens. Obviously, that's number one. That's going to be a huge game between division rivals. Um, Steelers are clicking. Only undefeated team left. Ravens coming off a bye. An extra week to prepare. We'll see what happens. Then we got the Raiders at the Browns. Uh, two teams. You know, Baker Mayfield throws five touchdown passes last week. Silenced all the haters for at least one more week. Then we got the Colts at the Lions. The Lions pulled off a last-minute crazy win uh then we got the saints at the bears Stafford, baby yep the bears great defense but they just can't seem to find the end zone and then uh we got another nfc west matchup 49ers at the seahawks so uh we're gonna go down the board here um sage what do you like about the steelers at the ravens um i'm thinking lamar's gonna have a big game i'm going ravens nick how about you I want to take the Ravens because they're coming off of a bye week. Lamar is really special. Um, plus, shout out to our boy Des Bryant who just signed with the Ravens. Uh, you love to see it. Um, 
you know, we've been talking about how big of a, a fan we are, Des Bryant, for a long time. And uh, just glad he got back in the league, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Har- Harbaugh is a really good coach. So coming off a of bye, I just really want the Ravens. You know, you want to think that the Ravens going to win. I just think that the Steelers are on such a roll. Um, you know, I, I got to go with Pittsburgh. I'm also going to take the Ravens. I think the bye week's huge. A uh, lot of time to prepare. Um, Lamar's going to have a good game. You know, Steelers like to bring a lot of pressure, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Raiders, they come and head back to you. Um, who do you like out in Cleveland? Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and take my boy Derek Carr. Uh, jump in on that bandwagon with you, Spence, because uh, he he's playing really well right now, um, and I like his consistency a little bit more than I like Baker. Sage, how about you? Um, yeah, Sage I mean, is, I got Sage is doing a little bit of research in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, it's OBJ's out, right? Yes, out done for, for the, the year. Done for the season. ACL. Yep. A seal terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Baker has a hard time finding superstar receivers when they're healthy and whatever. And now when you don't got those guys playing, uh, you don't got Nick Chubb. I mean, two massive people of that offense are down. I, I got to go Raiders. Yeah, especially last week. It took uh, Baker the last 18 seconds of the game or whatever to beat the Bengals. I'm taking the Raiders as well. Um, then we got Colts at Lions. This is an interesting game. Colts coming off a bye as well. Um, Lions look good. Big win for them. They're actually fighting for the NFC North right now. Uh, Sage, what do you think about that one? Well, I'm a race car driver. I race in Indianapolis. It's like a second home to me. I'm going to Indiana. Hey, hometown boy. Hey, <laughs> going with the Colts, baby. Yeah, I'm going to take Indy here, too. Uh, they got the best defense in the league right now, um, except for maybe the Steelers. And actually, you know what? Tampa's got a sneaky good defense. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts. I'm strictly taking the Lions because I know it for some reason whatsoever. It's going to bite the Cowboys. It always happens this way. We just traded Everson Griffin away. He's going to end up – well, actually, yes, he can't – no. Can he uh, play this week since they traded him or does he have to do the weak COVID thing? Oh, that's a good thing. I Good point, but I think that the COVID uh, thing for the NFL is only five days. Okay, interesting. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with gut. I'm going to go with the Lions. I just think, you know, there's a big win for them. Kind of keep it rolling. Then we got the Saints at the Bears this week. Uh, Nick, how do you feel after the Bears just failed to put up any points last week? It's um, it's tough to pick against the Saints here. Um, it's going to depend, really. Um, on wh- which Nick Foles shows up because that offense just looked in shambles, um, looked a lot like a, Cow- a Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, defense can't do everything. I'm going with the Saints. Sage, how about you? Um, I'm going to go with the Bears. I think um, their defense is really good, and um, you know I think they're going to take these few days, look up, you know, look after the film, and uh, clean up the offense a little bit. I think. Uh, Foles is going to play a bit better, and, uh, you know, I think ultimately that's all they were missing was the offense, so I think they show up a little bit more, which I know they have the capability of doing, Um, you know, so that's my pick. I'm going with Chicago. I'm also going with uh, Chicago. I know my buddies Nick and Will would probably chastise me, and they're huge Bears fans. They they want to tank for uh, a top pick, but I'm taking the Bears as well. Um, Niners at the Seahawks. Seahawks coming off a tough loss. Um, Nick, how do you feel? Russ is cooking up, baby. He's going to cater this game and just just take a giant shit on the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I can't really follow that up, but I'm going with uh, I'm going with Seattle. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm uh I don't know, I was curious especially after the Niners put the whooping on the Patriots, but you know, retrospect the Patriots aren't the team that they have been. I think the Seahawks are cooking they're doing a lot right now and i'm taking seattle so uh we'll see how we do next week um hold on hold on hold on go for it just for a fun one i mean not don't have to make any uh score of this or whatever but if it was on there cowboys eagles who you guys got 
I so I have I have this philosophy in fantasy football. I never draft an eagle. I never pick up an eagle. I never <laughs> touch him with a ten foot pole. And I'm holding true to that. I it's against me as a human being to pick the Philadelphia Eagles in any aspect of anything. So Cowboys. <laughs> I uh I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna have more heart and faith in my team than anybody on the Dallas Cowboys does currently. And I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Dallas Cowboys to get stomped by the Eagles. Wow, you guys are loyal. Really, did really loyal. Did, did you hear what he said at the end? What? <laughs> he said the Dallas Cowboys get stomped by the Eagles. <laughs> oh gosh. I was gonna say you guys are too loyal. I don't even remember the name of the freaking quarterback we have playing. I'm going Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be a rough one, man. Uh, if, if if they lose by less than three uh, less than three possessions, I'll be surprised. So uh, we'll check back next week and we'll update the standings as we go uh, on to the next week and so on. But uh, we want to open it up to our uh, little bit of a change that we started last week. Our open forum, as you say, um, just talking about the season, what we think, you know, going forward. Nick, I think you mentioned it earlier. Is it too soon to start thinking about draft picks and things like no, that? No, it is not. Do you want to elaborate? Um, I think that this is the type of the the time of the year for us to just dive right into scouting. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys clearly are in no position to make a Super Bowl run. Um, if they weren't in the NFC East, they would have absolutely no chance of making the playoffs. Um, so now we got to look at how do we, how do we improve this roster? How do we rebuild around our core to go ahead and make this, uh, make this team competitive again? Um, you know, so I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, and there are no bigger names in college football right now. Uh, not that necessarily I'm advocating drafting a quarterback, um, but, there are no bigger names in college football than Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. If you watch Justin Fields play at all this weekend, the guy is an absolute hammer. And I'm a Penn State fan, so it doesn't make me happy to say that. Yeah, especially because Penn State plays Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Justin Fields, dude. <laughs> Listen, 21 I, for 22 last week. Stud. I love that you brought up quarterbacks. I love <laughs> it. I love Let's it, get Nick. into it, baby. Um... I watched a movie today, a baseball movie called Moneyball. Um, great movie. Great movie. It's the first time I've great. seen it. Um, but, you know, it just got me thinking. I mean, maybe I need to go to Yale and get an economics, a, de- economic degree. degree and uh, make some sort of algorithm on, uh, you know, what we need. Uh, maybe that's what the Dallas Cowboys need is me, you know from Yale with an economics degree. Um, but I don't know. Um, but when you bringing up quarterbacks and stuff, listen, we're going to be paying Dak a lot of money. Um, and it makes me think like when I'm sitting here looking at what do we need on this team, I can't really put my finger on the one thing we need on this thing. It's a lot of things. And I don't think I have enough fingers to put on all of those. Um, and, you know, watching this movie just made me think, like, it would almost make sense, you know, to get rid of a big money guy. Uh, I mean, I love Dak. Trust me, I love him. But is it this is, worth— This is news to me. Is it worth—I <laughs> I, no, I, I love him. He's, I, he seems like a great family man. He seems like a great family man. I love him, you know. Um, but um, is it worth it? You know, like— Really, is it worth it? And you could take that money and we could go find cheaper, good players. Not great players, but good players. And just put them all over the field, wherever you need them. You need O-line, you need D-line, you need uh, safeties, corners, whatever. They don't got to be superstars, but just good. Because what we have right now is trash. And if you can just get rid of those guys and put like a good core in, and then you build the team around that and you just get everybody excited and everybody just plays with heart, you can win with good players. You don't need great players to win. 
The Patriots and, have been doing it for years. They they have Tom Brady and who else? For well, the last always, 10 years. They've always had a good defense, like high towers on the defense. They got the McCordy sure. twins. You know, they have they have guys around that like fit well in the system and they become superstars. So like there is a method to that. And just for you guys to know, Sage is quitting the podcast actually, and he's going back to Yale and he's gonna bring his version of Saber Metrics to the NFL. Yep. It's gonna be known as Sager Metrics. So yep. we'll see. Ooh. Um but can't wait. That's like always the big topic. It's like do we pay him? I know we're probably going to end up talking about this every single week for the rest of the season. But it's the biggest topic in in Dallas right now. Exactly. And there's just like so many needs that we have, so many wants. Like, yes, we want to pay Dak. And but it's also like now Nick you'd mentioned we were talking before the show and there's parts of this team that could be sold off either now or within the next year or two to kind of build towards that. Um yeah. we just got rid of $3 million, half of Everson's contract trading away to the Lions. Um, Nick, you'd mentioned Demarcus Lawrence losing, I think it was $22 million in cap space. Uh, eight, or gaining, eight, gaining $18 million gaining in cap space. Yep. After the 2022 season, though. Right. Yes, that's two years from now. So, well, actually, three years from now. And um, there's just a lot of pieces that can be moved around. And, like, I know I don't want to talk about it because I love the weapons that we have. And, like, I actually see it, like, almost every single day, like, on uh, all these, like, sports talk shows. It's, do we you trade? Leave him alone. You leave him alone. I, I don't want to say it, dude. But I have to just for the conversation. Do we trade Michael Gallup? Or is there some other way to get another weapon or picks out of someone else? If you can think of someone else, let me know. You're not going to lie. But, I mean, it. the weapon – the weapons are great, Spencer, but the weapons are nothing if you can't do anything with them. If you can't have a run game because you have zero O-line, there's no point of even having Ezekiel Elliott. If you have the best wide receiver core in all of the National Football League, but your quarterback can't get more than two seconds in the pocket without getting his head taken off, there's no point of having him. You so know what I mean? So it's I mean- like I'd, ra- I'd rather have – not mediocre, but above that, good players out that can make plays and catch the ball. They don't got to be freaking future Hall of Famers, but if you have guys that can give the quarterback time, and you could have any freaking quarterback for all I care, and you give any of those, they're, they're in the NFL. They can throw a ball, obviously. You give any of them time, they're going to make throws. All the wide receivers are good enough to be able to make routes. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I so, just see it. I, to I, make a long story short, you would be pro trading Michael Gallup. I would be pro trading a lot of guys on the team to fill a lot of holes. So to to kind of you know dive into that a little bit, there's two things that I want to touch on about what you just said, Sage. One being the offensive line, which is you know I think you're right. I think it needs to be bolstered. We need a little bit of help there. Um, I'm very interested to see what this offensive line becomes in the offseason. Does Tyron come back and play again? If Tyron comes back and he's healthy and he can give us what he's given us for the last three years, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. But we, but we do need to start planning for life after Tyron. Um, you know, Lyle's going to come back. You know, uh, Zach Martin's going to be back either this week or next week. I think this week, actually. We've got... We've got dudes that can play on the offensive line. They just happen to be in sweatpants on Sunday. Um, so I'm interested to see in that, seeing what happens with that. The second thing I want to talk about is actually who I think we would be better served getting rid of than Michael Gallup. You guys are going to hate me when I say this, but 2-1, Ezekiel Elliott. I think, really? keep, I think you keep playmaker TP. Um, I think you get rid of that contract and I think you try and bring in some defensive help. Um, you know, I love, I love Zeke, you know, um, I've six, been a, six years, $90 million. I've, I've been a Zeke guy. I'm from with you, Nick. I'm you know, you. I mean, you know, you could go in the off season, you might be able to sign a middle tier safety, middle tier defensive tackle, middle tier, you know, cornerback, somebody that you can get a little bit of help on defense while keeping your cap number down. You know, that's the type of money ball that we can play where we can compromise and we can keep Spencer's quarterback and we can keep our cap number down. You know, not ju- not that I mean he's just Spencer's quarterback. He's Spencer, my quarterback. 
Spencer just so happens to be infatuated. He's got Dak Prescott underwear, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but no, but I think the main thing here is is one Don't great people that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but is is one great player better than having three good players per se? I think it, you know, it depends on the player. The one problem, and I know it was incredibly boring to watch, but I hate to bring up the Jason Garrett days, but you look at the teams that Romo had when we went 13-3, and three, we went 12-4, and four, we made the playoffs, we were the number one seed uh, two uh, two years out of like a four-year span. We had, you, the, we had the best offensive line in football, and we built around them. We had – these were our wide receivers. We had Des Bryant, obviously – a number one wide receiver for many years. You know, he still has the most receiving touchdowns in Cowboys history. We had Terrence Williams who didn't know how to catch the ball with his hands. He caught it with his chest. So Sage, there is some truth. Toes, man. Oh, he had, he had great feet. He really did. Just didn't know (laughs) when to get out of bounds sometimes. That's true. Sage, there is some truth to what you're saying. You build a team. It's, you're never going to have a team that has superstars all over the field. And right now, unless you're the chiefs, unless you're the chiefs. And that's because, well, not for nothing. In three years, they're going to have a lot of cap problems. Oh, yeah. But the, the issue is right now our superstars are the guys that we need to get the ball to, and we can't get the ball to them because we don't have guys that have the capability of doing that. We need to rebuild so, this whole team or, or, uh, starting at the front seven on yeah. both sides of the football. Yeah. And we need a safety, dude. We're sh- I watched uh, the highlights really of bad. Uh, the Washington game. Dude. It was terrible. I I think Worley played like four snaps and then he got benched again. And it's just like, like dude, like we got Sage out there and the play street. safety. Hey, I was a damn street. good safety. Hey, get a, listen, get a double Spence. leg. Who knows? After watching Zeke playing this year, would you sit there and say you'd rather have Zeke than say Dak Prescott? Hell no. Three. Three low tier one defensive players. I don't know what positions. Maybe a safety, a corner, and a D line over having uh, Zeke this year. Like, mind you, get to keep Tony Pollard. How yeah. I'm gonna answer that question with another question. How many teams in the NFL are successful with running backs by committee? And I'm gonna give you one example: the Seattle Seahawks. Chris Carson's out. Uh. What's his name? Carlos Hyde steps up. Um, They have, I don't know, like a seventh round draft pick uh, playing last week. And it's just like those guys aren't making six year, $90 million contracts. Yes. So my opinion is, did we take it back to did we make the right decision paying Zeke when we did? No, but we only did because he was holding out and because our run game was terrible at the time, you know. No, but what we should have done was what we did to Dak and start paying other people. We should, namely Dak Prescott. You know, we gave Dak the shaft and signed guys like Lyle, which I loved the signing, by the way, huge Lyle Collins fan, and Jalen Smith, who's, I mean, it was a, it, looking back at it, is a questionable signing at the time. We thought it was fantastic. Uh, dude, that's the reality of sports, though. You know, you pay your guys what they're doing right now. You don't. You obviously think about the future, but the biggest aspect is, wow, Zeke, you just led the league in rushing two out of your first three years, you know? Right. Right. Um, for sure. But he had two years left on that deal. It is um, it's just not good practice to renegotiate that early for a running back. If you were talking, you know, if you're going to talk to me about negotiating Lamar Jackson's deal early like that, okay, we can talk about it. Patrick Mahomes, we could have talked about it. You know, now looking back at it, we could talk about Dak Prescott too. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been a pay Dak early guy from the beginning because I wasn't. Um, but looking back on it, I was wrong. We should have ta- we should have paid. Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I'm recording that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should have paid Dak instead of Zeke. Um, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Well, and the mentality changes too when you've been paid. Like, yeah, exactly. When you're out there trying to prove that you deserve to get paid like no matter how many times these guys will say no i play just as hard as i did when i was trying to get paid or whatever bullshit it's, you know dude, when you're when you're rolling safety into, net 
when you're rolling in the bank and you know you've already have your life figured out and all this or whatever like come on but when you're out there straight out of college or whatever and you're the superstar you're hungry like you just eat let him eat Dude, I, yeah. I'm not even going to act like sit here and act like I know what NFL contract negotiations are like, but I can only imagine, you know, that first contract, that time frame from negotiating your first to your second contract is the most crucial because it's like, well, was I a Jamarcus Russell bust or am I going to be, you know, a Dak Prescott a, diamond in the rough? Exactly. Someone that was a fourth round quarterback that deserves to be paid. But, you know, and especially the Cowboys. They have historically never been good at contract negotiations. They wait way too long. Jerry's way too stingy with money. And it's just a reality that we don't pay the guys when they should be paid or we pay them too early. Point. Ezekiel Elliott. Do you guys remember the Joey Galloway deal? Yes. The Roy Williams deal? Like, you know, we paid those guys big money for who they used to be or for who they could be, and they never panned out. Um We've just historically been bad about that. We were the um, New York Yankees paying veteran players. Right. And that, wor- and that worked pre-cap. You know, when we had Jimmy Johnson and you could pay whoever you wanted to and just pay the pay the fines, pay the tax, whatever whatever it is. In baseball, they call it a luxury tax. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry Jones is willing to do that. And so was Jimmy Johnson. You know, um, but I can't help but look at the Cowboys right now and just see the Los Angeles Rams um, with Todd Gurley. Yeah. That's just, that's what I see when I look at the Dallas Cowboys right now. Zeke has not been Zeke. Um, you know, Zeke doesn't look hungry anymore. He looks like he's been fed. You know. <laughs> he's gotten seconds at the table. That's right. Um, you know, and I'm not, like, he's in great shape. But the um, the performance just hasn't been there. Um, with Dak going down, we really needed Zeke to step up and lead this football team. Um, and he just, he hasn't done it. Yeah. I mean, reality of the situation is we paid the wrong, I shouldn't say we paid the wrong guys. We paid the right guys at the wrong time. No, you shouldn't pay a running back. I, I was on team Zeke, um, for a long time, but now I, I can't see ever paying a running back big money again. You see, you it, see it guys leaves like a Tony. sour taste in your mouth now, especially going forward with any other running back that we have. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I'm sorry to say it, you know, because, you know, you don't know like what what CHE or CEH is going to do. You don't know what DeAndre Swift is going to become like you don't know, you know, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Like you don't know what these guys are going to become especially. But I do think that um, I do think that teams are going to see what happened with Gurley and Zeke. And, you know, hopefully not McCaffrey, but, um, you know, because I, I, do, I do really like Christian. But we'll see what happens when he comes back from the injury. But, you know, it's put yeah. us it's put us in a bad spot for sure. And going forward, we're going to have cap problems uh, next year. I know our cap lowers at least. Um, and league-wide, I think it lowers. But we do have to find the right pieces. We have to draft correctly. Um, we have to fix – the big problems. I think that the Joneses need to look themselves in the mirror and say to themselves, hey, what do we need for the future? I know they, they thought this was the year that we're going to make a championship run, but ultimately you're trying to win championships for the next five years, the next 10 years. You know what I mean? So this was an interesting conversation to have. Um, it, it needed to be have or had. I'm sorry. And we're going to probably talk about it the rest of the year. And probably every episode from here on out, and especially coming up draft time, we don't. Again, we're two and four in the division. We're half a game out behind the Eagles. Uh, we could have the 19th overall pick. We could have a top five pick. Who knows? But this was a good conversation to have, and I think both you, Sage and Nick, you had great points, and they're tough conversations. It's you know you're talking about your favorite players losing them. Right, and they're you know they're not just your favorite players. They're people too. You know what I mean? Like. For instance, you know, we talked about it a little bit when Dak got hurt, but like you look like Dak Prescott is the first person that's been injured on a football field that really, you know, really cut deep. You know what I mean? I've seen like the Des Bryant injury hurt the the Tony Romo injuries hurt, you know, 
but they hurt for the Cowboys. Exactly. You know, um, just yeah, it's it's a tough conversation the rest of the year. Um, I know we're going to be talking a lot about it, like I said. Um, but I hopefully you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, do you guys have any last quick words to say? Uh, Sage, I'm going to throw it to you real quick. Nope. I mean, like you said, divisional game. We got to gotta stick with this one, boys. You can't get down on yourselves, all right? No safeties. You can't get down on yourselves. You got to pull those birds out of the air, rip their heads off, and win this game. That's all I got to say, Spence. All right, Nick, how about you? I like the aggression, bro. Yeah. You guys can't see him, but the fire in Sage's eyes right now. I'll tell you what. Get this man a jersey. And um, my eyes are, are ice blue, baby. They're <laughs> ice blue. So to be red hot fire, that says something. Um, you know, keep it, all I can say is keep your chins up. You know, just uh, start doing a little draft research. Try and keep stay into it. And uh, write your senators, mainly – Write your coaches, a.k.a. Lincoln Riley. We want to see you in blue, blue and silver next year. All right, guys. I think that wraps it up for our show this week. Um, you know, don't forget uh, Andy Dalton's funeral. I think Nick said is Thursday. So write your, Thursday, uh, your Thursday, letters. Three o'clock, Texas. Send your flowers. Do whatever you got to do. Looking forward to Sunday night. Hopefully we can do something. Uh, as always, go boys. <laughs>